This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. On this episode, I cover a happy ending for once, everything that is wrong about social media and true crime, where not to live, and a lot more, including... A delayed flight. I'm Ed Densel, and this is Unfound Live for December 26th, 1-800-LIVE-FOR-DECEMBER-26th-2022-I-HOPE-EVERYBODY-OF-COURSE-HAD-A-GREAT-CHRISTMAS-AND-MAYBE-AS-WE-MOVE-THROUGH-THE-SH
That door goes out into the rest of the house. Uh, there is a TV uh, that you can't see right here. And I know oftentimes new people ask, what is that in the background? And um, those are a bunch of pins that my mother and father collected over uh, many years of traveling all over the world. And so that is like a pin board. And that's just a sample of them. Um, my dad, I think, has many, many more than those that are uh, uh, hanging on that board on the back of that door. So anybody watching this, you're wondering, what is that? Well, that's what it is. Before I go any further, I hope you will give this live show tonight a thumbs up. You know how important that is. Please uh, subscribe to this channel. Uh, we recently went over 15,000 subscribers on this channel, and I'll get into that a little bit later. And share this video, this live show, with all your friends. If you're listening to this as a podcast, available on Spotify, iTunes, and elsewhere, I hope you will share it with your other people, uh, other people you know who are into podcasts, especially true crime podcasts. I realize this is a little different than um, what we usually do, but this is kind of a, a true crime news program, and maybe some people are into that, so please share that. And then also, you can contribute to Unfound uh, tonight by a couple ways during this live show. One, maybe you just want to hit the join button below my face and become a member, and you get some stuff... Uh, for very, very low cost, some things that everybody else doesn't get. And then also, maybe you want to hit the Super Chat button, which is that rectangular, uh, that rectangle with the dollar sign in the middle of it, and you can monetarily contribute to what we do here at, at Unfound. We've been doing for over six years now. As for me, um, what did uh yeah, I'm going to say hello, Charles. I'm going to say hi to everybody in a little bit. Um, what did I do uh, for Christmas? My dad and I went down to my former hometown of the town where I grew up, although technically we are in West Leechburg, not Leechburg. But I uh, went down to West Leechburg, and yes, the town is very, very small, but there is a Leechburg and a West Leechburg, go figure. It's really because there's a the Kiski River goes through like the middle, and so there's they're in different. It's a, a town, but it's in different two different counties. Very rare. Anyway, went down to West Leechburg and uh, spent the day with one of my dad's best friends and his wife and their daughter, her husband, and their son, and it was a great time. Uh, we had, had a really good time, a lot of good conversation. Uh, my dad and this guy, they talked together for many years. They have a lot of stories. Uh, my dad goes down there quite often to uh, hang out with him, goes down to West Leechburg and hang out, just sit around and shoot the bull, as it were. And so we got invited down there to, for Christmas, and it was really, really uh, nice. And they they live in a very nice house, very unique type of house. When you're inside it, you almost think you're like in a, I don't know, kind of a lodge. There's a lot of wood inside, like a ski lodge or something like that. And uh, it was it was really neat. 
And so it was, I know this, you know, I, let's just admit it. When you do the same things over and over for Christmas every year, when you go to the same places and see the same people, Christmases uh, can start to run together. But because of the uniqueness of this one, this was one that uh, I will surely uh, always remember, which is uh, be able to pick the year out of, oh, yeah, that was your 2022. Yeah, right. So it was um, pretty cool. And what was neat is that, also neat, is that uh, this guy's uh, daughter is a lawyer and her husband's a lawyer. And so I was telling them about uh, testifying in the Steve Pankey trial twice and telling them about the podcast and things I run run into since uh, law is their business. So um, that was that was neat, too. And so we had a good time just sitting around the table, um, sharing stories, me talking about some of my stuff. Uh, at least the guy, the, the, the daughter's husband talking about a lot of his work. So it was good. And the food, it was food was great. Really didn't watch any TV at all. It was just sitting around a table talking for like over four hours or something like that. It was really engaging. So um, that was pretty, pretty neat. Uh, on Christmas Eve, I went down. Uh, my dad and I were invited to meet up with my brother, Michael, his wife and his wife's uh, brother. And we would have uh, met at a restaurant called Bravo's. And I guess it, I didn't even realize it's, it's like a franchise chain. I would describe it as like an upscale Olive Garden. And uh, we went there, had a great time. The food was spectacular. Um, and I'm actually going to be seeing Michael again tomorrow. Um, but we had a great time. And, uh, but it was a little dicey coming home, as all of you know, uh, pretty much the weather in the United States, if you're most of the people watching this are, uh, from the United States, although we do get a couple Australians and a couple Europeans in here as well. Um, we had this huge cold front, uh, embrace a lot of the United States, even down into Florida. I looked at, the temperature in Florida today and was only like in, in Clearwater Beach and it was like 42 degrees or something. I was like, oh my gosh. But um, Saturday night, Christmas Eve, we're still going through that. And the, the, the drive home was a little dicey. It started, it wasn't too bad on the way down, but on the way home, started snowing and it's down to like sing, single digits and you just suspect there's going to be some icy patches here and there. So I just had to take it, not so much on the highway, but once we got into the secondary roads to get over to my dad's place here, you really have to watch it. And then you have to watch out for all the other people out on the road too. But uh, that was a really good time. Uh, so that's what I did on Christmas Eve and uh, Christmas. And then today, uh, dad and I went for a drive and then I'm getting some work done today, uh, lining up. Uh, Friday's update episode. And then we went and had uh, kind of a, I don't know, we went there around 3, 3, 3 in the afternoon. But we went to this Chinese buffet not too far away, and it's spectacular. And I am still feeling really, really fat right now. So let's see who's in here, and then I will move on to some other things. Hello, Valerie. Valerie gets in first. Hello, Karen. Orky. How are you? What's going on? 
You can see that Orki is in green uh, compared to a lot of you who are in gray. Orki is in green because she is a member of this channel. Orki, thank you for thank you for your support. Jasmine, Moana, Mark and Indy, Spleen. What's going on, Spleen? Kathy, Kathy got mentioned in this past Friday's episode. That is the Kathy I was talking about. And if anybody's wondering, Kathy, thank you for your assistance. Uh, helping me to sort out some facts and figures on Unfound. Deeply appreciated. Hello, Suzanne. Jill, uh, not in Arizona, but in New Mexico. Hello to you, Jill. Barbara. Sarah, good to see you. Deborah. Lisa. Going to answer your question tonight, Lisa. Uh, Nephew Charles. uh, Yeah, Charles. uh, Saw your uncle... Uh, Michael on Saturday, I'm going to see him again tomorrow. Um, your uncle Brian gave me a ride to the airport last Thursday. And then tomorrow I'm also going to be seeing your mother, Charles. Hello, Alec. Alec makes it in for a live. Good to see you. Alec Ferry, uh, is the Chinese buffet in Butler. It is in Butler Ferry. It's what's it called? Fortune star or something like that. Uh, hello, Valerie again, Candy. Orkis is doing well. Woke up to minus 15 last week. I know the feeling, Orky. Hello, Coffee. Veronica, I hope everyone, hello, Veronica. What's going on with you? Yeah, I don't know if uh, Sheree is in here tonight. She has, of course, family over due to the holidays. And she had um, texted me not long before saying she didn't think she was um, uh, going to make it. And I completely understand that. So, um, yeah, speaking of the weather, speaking of Orky bringing up minus 15, um, yeah, it has been miserable here. I mean, as I've said, um, many times, if I'm going to come up in here in the winter, so I can't say it's miserable. If I'm going to come up here in the winter, I want it to snow like three feet and I want it to be like 10 below. Let's do, let's just do it. If if I'm going to be up here and I'm not going to be in the beautiful Florida area and I'm going to be in Pennsylvania and I chose to come up here. Dad loves me being here, of course. And, but if I'm going to be here, let's just do it. I want to see, I want to see blizzards. I want to see negative temperatures. I want to see snowy roads. I just want to see all of it. And I've kind of gotten that at least a little bit, certainly the temperature, um, with the wind chill, I know that's cheating, but with the wind chill, it was like minus 30 on Friday night, some sometime in there. It wasn't, when I got here, it was cold, but then Friday, it really, really dropped. And then into Saturday, and uh, must have been on, must have been on Friday that, my dad needed to get gas. Of course, I'm going to pump it. And I'm telling you, just, you could not, you could not stand outside your car and pump the gas. You could not do it. Uh, and the problem was, I, he has like a discount card and then his credit card where I messed it up. And so I was out there even longer than I should have been. And it was, it was taxing is what it was. It was dangerous. I got the thing in there. Clicked it on and then jumped back in the car and waited for the thing to fill up. I mean, it was crazy. And I know even other places in the United States has been even colder, but 
Um, and that continued uh, through Saturday, going down there, driving down to Pittsburgh uh, for Christmas Eve. And then yesterday it was cold, but it was more of a traditional Pennsylvania cold. And then it wasn't as bad today, but I will tell you, the temperature definitely dropped Well, my dad and I were inside uh, that restaurant today between, I don't know, getting there maybe quarter after three and then maybe coming out of there quarter after four. It seemed like the temperature dropped. And um, right now, you know, what's it say? It's out there. Let me see. It's 17 degrees out there right now, but with the wind chill, let me see what my phone says. It's going to work. Um... Let's see here real quickly. It says it, feel, it says 17, but feels like 12. Uh, we don't have much of a wind going here. That's probably why. But but it's just been crazy here. It has really, really uh, been crazy. But like I said, if I'm going to be here, let's just do it. What everybody uh, saying here? Ferris has been there too. Love the seafood they had. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Alec, how do I become a member? Uh, you hit the join button right below my face, Alec. You should see a join button down there and we'd love for you to become a member. It's very cheap. You get some free stuff or for stuff that other people don't get some things early episodes, early updates, things like that, Alec. And I deeply appreciate it. Thank you for inquiring, but uh, the join button right below my face. Mark says, every winter I say it will be my last and I'm moving back to Florida. Well, Mark, Florida will be there when you're ready. Um, Lisa, I'm going to do that right now. Uh, Amy, wherever you are, sister of Lisa, your name is Amy. I want to wish you a happy birthday. I don't know how old uh, you are becoming today, but just remember... Uh, these, I don't care if you're turning 20 or 40 or 80, but, uh, as I think, uh, Iron Maiden, one of their best songs always reminds us that these are the golden years. Just remember that these are the golden years. So do not waste them. So happy birthday to you, Amy, your sister, Lisa, uh, told me it's your birthday today. So happy birthday to you. Uh, the day after Christmas. Uh, I'm wondering, was was she supposed to be born on Christmas? What's the story with that, Lisa? And thank you for your generous contribution, uh, Lisa, for Super Chat. And Fred, as you as well, got the little funny green fellow there uh, jumping up and down. Fred, thank you. Valerie says, Ed, did you hear of your shout out on Trace Evidence? Thought it was so nice. I like you getting the attention you deserve. Uh, Valerie, as you know, I um, don't really listen to many other podcasts unless it's going to be part of the business I'm doing on Unfound. But I think that I knew that Unfound got mentioned. Uh, I deeply appreciate that. It's always nice to be recognized. I know I sound like one of those uh, actors. Well, it's always nice to be nominated. Uh, I kind of feel like that. And uh, in fact, that was a conversation I had yesterday during Christmas. you know, it's the, one of the, the people asked me, do you, you know, do you, is there a lot of ripping off and that came up? And I said, there's not much you can do about it, but as many times as unfound, I'm not saying this person ripped me off, by the way. I'm not saying Trace Evidence ripped me off. I'm not saying that. 
but uh, when you get mentioned or people recognize your work or use some of your work or, or whatever else, uh, that is surely uh, a proof that you're doing uh, good work. Uh, weird, I don't see it maybe because I'm on my phone. Yeah, Alec, if you are on your phone, especially if it's an iPhone, it won't show. You'll have to go to a computer uh, and uh, find the join button. Uh, it's one of those things, Apple and YouTube not getting along. Uh, Fred, uh, your interviews are always excellent. Thank you, Fred. You're very kind. I work, I've worked very hard uh, to get good at them, and it's been all on-the-job training. Lisa, I'm not sure if her due date, but day after Christmas is not the best birthday. She lives in Winfield, Kansas, great bluegrass music town. Well, uh, Winfield, Kansas. I know I've been through Kansas. In fact, uh, the longest... Longest two days of my life were five day, five hours of driving through Kansas, moving to Las Vegas. And yeah, check it out, Alex. Thank you. Um, dollar sign maybe on his cell phone. Mine is uh, that would be the uh, super chat button, Deborah. He's talking about joining, which is something uh, a little bit different. Uh, you just have to go to a computer to do that, Alec. Uh, Android phones have it, but it seems like the app that you get for YouTube on iPhones does not do that. Uh, does not show it uh, for, like I said, reasons of YouTube and Mac not getting along. Uh, moving on. I did fly up here last Thursday. Brother Brian um, dropped me off. He'll be picking me up on Friday when I go back December 30th, but um, we got loaded onto the plane all on time, but um, so the plane was supposed to take off at three o'clock, and we got loaded kind of on time, maybe a little late, but not crazy late. We got on the plane at about two thirty, something like that, twenty to three. The plane did not did not take off until four thirty. We sat on that plane for almost two hours before it took off. And uh, what the pilot explained uh, multiple times while we were waiting is that it was some sort of paperwork issue. The plane was due for some sort of check. And the the plane was late landing. And so that threw off their schedule of this Thing, whatever they were going to do it wasn't supposed to take a lot of time but then that person who was supposed to do it had to move on to something else and then once the person came back to check it and then the paperwork got messed up we didn't take off till 4 30 and so we landed in pittsburgh an hour and a half late and uh, my dad was talking about how he was waiting for me which is kind of funny and where he went to wait but it, it really wasn't luckily um you know, one of my rules before getting on a plane is going to the bathroom. And so uh, I went right before I got on. So I was just as comfortable as anybody. I was sitting in my window seat, just chilling out. I had my music, had my headphones. Uh, but that's a first. It's been a long time since I've been on a flight. You know, I can't even remember. I'm sure there's once or twice, but where a plane got delayed that long. I've been on... There was one flight that I know got canceled years and years and years ago. Um, sometime. But that, I think, is the latest I've ever had to wait. Um, 
you know, wait on a plane before it took off. And really looking back on it, it seemed like the time went past fairly fast. There was nobody yelling, nobody complaining that I saw. Everybody seemed pretty chill. Um... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, people were up walking around. You could stand in the aisles. They didn't mind that. You could go to the bathroom and and all of that. So there was no shouting, but um, there was a woman who sat next to me and uh I did say to her that, you know, this, you might want to get your phone out. You know, the, if we get into some fight here that, you know, the video could go viral or something, but none of that happened. It was a full flight though. It was fully packed. So, but it wasn't a weather thing, even though you've heard a lot since last Thursday about a, a lot of flights getting canceled. It was, it was not due to that. It was not due to the weather. However, I will say, had I flown out a day later, had I flown out Friday, that flight might've been canceled. Very possible. But I got into Pittsburgh just in the nick of time. And I think that, um, you know, by Friday, I think all these problems they're having will be sorted out. It's supposed to get quite a bit warmer here. It's maybe even supposed to get up to 40 degrees by the time Friday gets here. So I think everything uh, will eventually be back uh, to normal. And I'm I'm, I'm having a fine time here. I'm getting work done, seeing some people. I'm going to see my buddy Dave from Illinois. He's in the area too to see his parents. We're going to get together tomorrow morning for breakfast. And then I'm heading out to my sister's in Ohio and meeting my brother Michael out there. Who knows what we're going to do. And then we've got the Think Tank, Unfound Think Tank tomorrow night, patreon.com forward slash unfound podcast. We're doing the Think Tank tomorrow night. And then Wednesday, I'm going to get together with my buddy Brad for chicken wings. I'm going back down to the Leechburg area. And then I have a meeting on at 8 o'clock with a, a couple of my assistants on Zoom. And then Thursday is going to be a day devoted to getting the update episode done. And then Friday, I fly back to Florida. And my, my brother Brian will pick me up and just get back to totally normal. And got a lot of things going on, a lot of plans for January. So I'm looking forward to that. But um, probably be going, uh, my building is having a New Year's Eve party on Saturday that I plan to go to. I really don't know many people uh, in the building. We'll see how many people show up. I'm sure it'll be a combination of people who live there and people who are down for the winter. But, you know, who knows who I'll run into there. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, maybe go over to my brother Brian's for New Year's. We'll just have to see. I don't know. Maybe by midnight I'll be in bed or I'll be out somewhere. I really don't have any predictions right now. And I'm sure by the time I get there, probably things will warm up back in Clearwater Beach, Florida. And then, uh, Rebecca, you become a member of the channel. Rebecca, thank you. That is... Uh, Thank you for becoming a member. I hope you enjoy it. 
Um, you ever have any questions about anything, everything that goes on there, uh, let me know. Um, you uh, now can check out all these updates that I do. I do a daily update, letting everybody know uh, what's going on and unfound the work that I'm doing for that day. Sometimes you get to hear things that not everybody else gets to hear. So Rebecca, thank you very much. And Ferry saying hit the like button. Yes, please hit the like button. Give it a thumbs up. Do not forget to do that uh, when you are watching this live show, whether live on December 26th or sometime after. I don't care if you're watching this in the year 2052. Give it a thumbs up. I might be long gone by that time, but still give it a thumbs up. And then uh, one more question. Christmas thing. Uh, by the way, what did I get? Um, my brother Brian had already given me uh, some shoes from, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. In fact, I wore a pair of them up here, needed some shoes, and he's always good uh, to get me shoes for uh, Christmas. And I really appreciate that. He is a shoe salesman and has been one for almost 20 years now. And uh, my sister, who I'll be seeing tomorrow, she's making me some custom unfound shirts, which I will surely show off next Monday back in Florida. Maybe I'll show the shoes off too. And then uh, maybe when I get back, uh, yeah, when next Monday, I'll also show you that... Um, I bought myself another gun. I'll, show, I'll show, probably show that off. Of course, I don't have it here. I'll show you that when I get back to Florida next week. That was something I bought myself. And who knows else what will pop up between now and once I get back to Florida. Ferry says, I listen to one of your podcasts every night. Thank you, Ferry. Uh, doing that, you may just get, uh, I don't know if you've listened to all of them yet, but that's a good way uh, to get caught up in all of them. And one more Christmas thing that uh maybe a couple more christmas things i do want to go check out um there's a a neighborhood that lights they do all these lights and everything and i didn't have to go chance to go do that before i came up here to pennsylvania so i'm planning on doing that maybe friday evening when i get back um because i'm landing at like 2 30 or something as long as the plane's on time and Maybe I'll get to go do that because it's really impressive. I, I really like seeing a lot of these things, how, how people decorate their houses. I don't know if I owned a house. I don't know what I'd be doing, but I certainly do have an appreciation for people who put in all that work. So I hope to do that on Friday evening. So that would be December 30th. And then for the first time ever, you know, I think everybody knows that about the Nutcracker you know they know the ballet from Tchaikovsky but um I don't know how many people know that that was originally just like a story it didn't have any music or anything it was a story that existed and then Tchaikovsky took that story and turned it into a ballet and of course he turned it into the Nutcracker Suite but it was originally called uh, The Nutcracker and The Mouse King or something like that. Well, I was flipping around. Was it on Friday night or was it Saturday night? And on PBS, they 
they did the entire story with the music. There was no ballet, but it was in a, in a concert hall in Wales. So it was the Wales National Orchestra performing all of Tchaikovsky's music from the Nutcracker. And it was Alan Cumming, you know, the actor. I know him from like the second X-Men movie, the old X-Men movie movies. Well, he's from Wales. And as they're performing the music, he is reading, doing the different parts from that actual story. And it was really good. And I had never uh, listened to the entire thing before. I'd never heard the whole story before. And I was transfixed. I mean, I could not change the channel. Uh, It was just well done. I don't know if it'll play on a repeat or something like that. But he's up there on the stage with all of the musicians in the symphony. And, uh, you know, the crowd's there. And that was, it was, of course, recorded. I think it was actually from last year. It wasn't from this year. It was like from 2021. But it was really good. So if you ever have a chance to come across that on PBS, uh, I recommend, you know, to check it out. It's really, really well done. Really gets you in that uh, Christmas mood. And I really did not ever know the whole story about the Nutcracker and what it was all about. And so that was interesting to me as well. It it does have like a little bit of an Alice in Wonderland uh, feel to it, or even a Wizard of Oz where a girl kind of goes to a make-believe um, land. It's it's really, really neat. So if you have any of you ever had a chance to check that out on um, PBS, do that. Uh, once again, thank you, Rebecca. Uh, Rebecca, uh, thank you very much, Rebecca. And Alec, you found it. You found the join button. Alec, thank you very much. Thank you for becoming a member of this channel uh, here in late 2022. Good to have you. And I hope you enjoy the updates and getting the episodes early and other things that come along with joining this channel. Thank you for your support of Unfound. Deeply appreciate it. All right. Well, now that all that Christmassy personal stuff is out of the way and you should know um dad's doing great i need to give him um all the props in the world that on thursday night when he picked me up i mean it was a little it wasn't totally cold yet here but um you know it was kind of dark very drizzly very difficult driving conditions and you know, it's like a 45-minute drive from where he lives to the airport. Well, he did the driving. He's 86 years old, and I let him drive. He picked me up at the airport, navigated all the cars and everything, pulled out. No problems. Dude is a solid driver for 86. It's crazy. It really is crazy. So props to him. Alex says, the least I can do for the hours of time I spend listening. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. for. And uh, Alex, I know what you mean. Given the, how long the episodes are, I do know how many hours the people spend listening. Thank you. Especially that we had a part one, a part two A, and a part two B over the last couple of weeks. Thank you. I'm going to go right to one of the questions uh, here that I got. I got a couple questions before uh, the before the uh, show started, I want to make sure I didn't miss any. So please hold on for just a second. And if you're wondering why am I looking off to my this way this time, that's where the computer usually when I'm at home, 
the my computer with all the notes is on my is over here. For this situation, it's over here. But let me see if I've um, gotten any additional questions here. It doesn't look like I have. Okay. Um, let's go to that. Uh, first question came from Christina. Christina, I don't know if you're in here or uh, you'll listen later. Thank you for the question. Get great question. Christina asks, what changes should take place in the true crime genre to ensure that victims' families are respected, that individuals are not falsely accused or investigations hindered by those who become overzealous or have the wrong motives? Well, you know, uh, Christina, this is probably part of a conversa- a longer conversation I'm going to eventually get into tonight, given um, something that's happened over the last couple weeks in regards to the murders in Moscow. But there's nothing you're ever going to be able to do, really, um, about people out there who, whether we want to call them trolls or just bad people or who people who are just looking for publicity or whatever else, I don't know what you're ever going to be able to do in that about that. I do believe uh, in the First Amendment, free speech. Uh, certainly, if these people were in other countries, that um, there would be things probably that could be done. But then in those countries, they don't have freedom of speech, which um, is probably not good either. So I think realistically, you're not be able going to be able to uh do anything about it. hold on just one second something loud going on out here hold on a second All right, Dad's while watching TV out there, and actually his hearing's okay, but I think he flipped from one channel to the next, and it got like really loud. They got this orchestral music going on, and something's going on out there. So it was just kind of distracting me a little bit. But uh, you know, it's just it's it's a hard question to answer, Christina. Um, given. Um, you know, in the United States. Now, like I said, if this is something going on somewhere else, maybe there are things that can be done. I'm not saying I would support those things, but there probably could be things to be done. Um, I think, you know, for victims' families, to ensure that they respect, there's no way that we can guarantee that. Uh, all I would tell my guests in situations where people are harassing them, you just have to ignore it. Uh, trying to fight them, trying to argue with people like that only inflames them more. That's what they want. So don't give them what they want. And that's what I would say about trolls for anybody in any topic that don't feed. There's that saying, don't feed the trolls. The best way to control them is just to ignore them. I have them too. And I get harassing emails. We get messages in the group and everything else and i pretty just ignore all of it (laughs) Uh, we just have to decide the podcast gets done whether there are trolls or not whether it's being appreciated or not that's just the way it is and that's what i try to remind the families these people don't these people doing these things don't matter uh as far as of individuals being falsely accused 
that I'm going to get into a bit, Christina, if you can be patient just a little bit. Um, and investigations hindered by those who become overzealous or have the wrong motives. So once again, this is something that um, I'll get into a little bit using a, a very specific instance of a story that's out there right now that happened just it became a story within the past week, but it seems like it's been going on a little longer than that. But Christine, it's a great question. There's, it's never going to be a perfect world. It's like anything else. It's never going to be perfect. Um, but I think there are certainly things within true crime media who people who take this seriously that we can do things that we can do. Um, but I just don't think enough of that is done by enough people. And like I said, once again, I'll get into that a little later, but Christine, it's, it's a great question. Uh, you know, um, although we try to avoid it, uh, because it can be embarrassing for some of the guests, some of these guests have been fooled by private investigators who aren't private investigators, people who say they have information and don't. Uh, by people who say they have dogs that can track people and they're complete frauds. A lot of um, con con artists out there in the true crime community. And I would hope that they would be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. But it's a lot of work trying to track these people down and, and everything else. So I just try to remind my guests, you got to stay focused. And in addition, if somebody's really giving you a line and it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. All right, moving on to um, some unfound items. Uh, just like with part one for part two, I guess, or part two A, two B, depending on how you um, listened, um, took in uh, the second part of the Colonial Parkway disappearances. If you listen to it as a podcast, as unfound is, on Spotify, iTunes, or elsewhere as an audio, just audio, then you know that I broke it down into part 2A and 2B because by the time I was done with part 2, it ended up being almost four hours. And even I can say maybe that's getting a little crazy. So I broke it out. I think it ended up being one part was an hour and 25 minutes. The other was like two hours and 40 minutes or something. And I just played one of the um, interviews in the first part with some talking at the beginning. And then the second part of the interviews played. And then my analysis, my insight into all of it took up about an hour of the, of, of the second of part 2B. But if it's on YouTube, if you took in the th- uh, it on YouTube, maybe you're still working your way through it. Because on there, it's just all one big file and it's like three hours and 48 minutes long. That's just the decision I had to make. And I had to make it quite a bit on the fly, like last Wednesday, because remember I flew out on Thursday, so it had to be finished on Wednesday. And I got around Wednesday morning, I was like, I think I'm going to have to do something about this. So I did something about this. But I did put in a poll, and uh, I asked you, not a lot of people answered, probably just because it's a holiday weekend, and that's that's just... um, just to be expected, but still, I asked if people agreed with me, and maybe I should have been clearer. I meant regarding the theory regarding uh, my theory regarding Keith and Sandra's disappearance, disappearances, and almost all of the people who have uh, voted so far uh, agree with me. I think, but there's only like ten votes or something. 
Um, eight people, I think, agreed with me. And two people did not agree with me. And if you haven't listened to the episode yet, then I'm not going to ruin it for you. Because I'm. Just, it's been a holiday weekend. Both part two and two, two B were almost four hours in total. You have other things to do. Totally understand. So I'm not going to um, quite ruin it for you yet. Maybe I can talk a little bit more about that next week once you've had more of a chance to uh, more time maybe to listen to it. And because we're having an update episode coming up and there won't be any poll questions or anything else. So maybe next Monday I can more freely talk about some of the stuff in part two of the Colonial Parkway disappearances just because I know this weekend was busy for everybody, whether you believe in Jesus or not. Um, yes, Blaine, everything was fine. I had to go out and just uh, ask my dad to turn down the TV a little bit. Not his fault. It was perfectly volume, but I think, he, you know, you know how you're going along and channels are all the volume and then you get to one channel, it's like twice as loud. I think that's what was going on. Alec, I think removing anonymization from TikTok would solve a lot of it. TikTok people seem to be the worst. I'm going to get into that, Alec. Thank you. You must be reading my mind. Just don't read too much of my mind. Um, yeah, uh, Deborah, I agree, Alec, what I've seen. Mark, there's a painfully little official evidence that they've been released. That's been released in Moscow or the Delphi case. Some of the accusations against people given their real publicity released evidence is disgusting. Yeah. Uh, Deborah says, I didn't see part B. Well, Deborah, if you partook in... Uh, if you watched part two on face or on YouTube right here, there is no part two B. It's just all put together. However, if you listened to it, then uh, like if you listen on Spotify or iTunes, um, there is a two B a and a two B and I'm going to check that uh, right now just to make sure. But I've had enough people respond to it so far that I know that uh, both parts are out there. But let me, um, yep, part 2A, yep. One is an hour and one is, part one, Deborah, was, let me see here, was an hour and 12 minutes. Or no, let me see here. What does this say? Hold on, Seth, just a second, so I can maybe clear this up for Deborah while we are on here. If Spotify is going to work, that is. And please remember that we did have some upload problems. Um, part one was, how long was it? Let's just do it this way. Part two A was an hour and 25 minutes. Part two was two hours and 26 minutes, Deborah. So, um, you know, I did, we did have issues with part one from last week, but it's up, it's up and running and playing uh, right now. And I know the downloads were fine. So. Let me just check this. 
Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Yeah, part 2B, part 2A, it's all there, uh, Deborah. So, I'll, Deborah, how do you um, usually listen to the podcast? Maybe that might help me out. So, I don't want to ruin it for everybody, but I do know that I've had, I've t- already talked to some people about it. I know that it got uploaded uh, audio just fine. Stitcher, I missed two hours and some, I guess. I'm on Stitcher. Well, Deborah, maybe you need to go back and check and see. There should be three files with the title, The Colonial Parkway Disappearances. There's part one, and then there is part 2A, and then there's part 2B. Or if you want to just make it easy, just listen to part 2A or 2 in its entirety just here on YouTube. There. Maybe you want to check that out. But Stitcher might have gotten messed up because of what happened last week, Deborah. All in all, there was about, um, I don't know, six hours of Colonial Parkway disappearance coverage, I would say, something like that. And if anybody else can help her out, please choose to do so. Um, Candy, thank you. Oh, another person joining up. Candy, thank you uh, very much for becoming a member of the Unfound uh, channel here on YouTube tonight. Thank you so much. You're very generous, Candy. Thank you. I uh, hope you enjoy it. Uh, please let me know what you think of it. Uh, moving on. Uh, Unfound now. I'm not sure it's going to get done. <laughs> Just to be honest with you. Um, got a lot to do between now and Friday. We are due for another one, given it's the end of the month. I've not had any time to pick out a disappearance. Uh, and of course, I want to do a good job on it. Certainly, probably could get one done. Um, you know, get home Friday, maybe get it done on Saturday. I just can't make any guarantees right now, given everything that I need to do with this update episode between now and Friday. And there's people that I want to see. And I have some, I have a think tank. I have a meeting with a couple of my assistants. And I'm sure Thursday uh, is going to mainly, and of course, I'd like to see my dad a little bit more before I leave. And um, just don't know if that's going to get done. Of course, it gets done. All of you will know. But it may, we may just miss this month uh, because the time is short. And I don't know if I want to really want to get into a situation where if I can't get it done the other month, well, I'll just get it done like the first week of January or the first week, of, uh, second week of January. And then all of a sudden everything's off and then I'm going to do another one in a couple weeks. And then it gets a little confusing. So may just skip uh, this month and just think about, uh, of course, bringing it back again at the end of January. Yeah, uh, do that. Yeah, YouTube. Uh, yeah, why don't you do that, Deborah? It's very easy. Of course, the part two is like three hours some long, but 
there's pictures. I put pictures with it and everything. So it's just not listening. Uh, Kathy says 5.88. So almost six hours total for both weeks on YouTube. I always watch on YouTube. Okay, Kathy. Thank you. Kathy is Unfound's historian, by the way. So I can't make any guarantees for Unfound now. Uh, moving on. Uh, like I said, I have a meeting with a couple of my assistants on Wednesday night. We're going to be going over uh, a lot of things regarding everything that is Unfound. Actually, probably, we'll, we'll end up probably not talking hardly at all about the podcast itself. Uh, the audio program that you know that comes out every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Um, but it's going to be talking about everything else. This YouTube channel, some of the videos that are on this YouTube channel, we're going to be talking about the website. We're going to be talking about Patreon. We're going to be talking about Unfound Now. We're going to be talking probably about everything else. And trying to analyze everything as well we, as we can. I have already sent kind of a, what I would call an agenda to uh, those two people, and we'll be getting together on Wednesday night. All I can tell you is I think we can be more efficient. Uh, I think, you know, there's just some things that have not gone the way that I thought they would go. And so I have to start thinking about how my how to best use my time. Uh, you know, maybe a perfect example would be how I moved this live show from Wednesdays to Mondays. It may not be obvious to you, but moving, just simply moving this from Wednesday to Monday, just freed up so much time to get to do, uh, to work on some other things. I, I will be honest. It's one of the reasons that I got to work on the Colonial Parkway disappearances as much as I did. Just moving this kind of earlier in the week, moving it f- farther, further away from when the actual podcast comes out, really freed some of my time up. And one of the reasons was that in the old work format, Mondays were always kind of a slow day for me. And it, it, it almost sometimes felt like a wasted day. Because I'm doing so much work over the weekends, getting the episode out, writing the blog, um, getting ready for the think tank and all of that stuff. And then, of course, sometimes I have a disc golf tournament or whatever what's going on. And then you come to Monday and it's like, poof, you know, like nothing's going on. Well, moving this to Monday more evenly spread out the work that I do. And little did I know that that was going to happen when I did it. But we're going to be looking for other things like that. And uh, so I probably just going to be the first of a few conversations that we'll be having moving into 2023. Maybe we'll end up having one a month or something to really go over some things. Just some, like I said, some things have not gone the way I wanted. I'd like to concentrate on some other things that just, I think there's a lot more opportunity there, but I don't have time to get into that stuff because of other stuff. And these, uh, all of my assistants, of course, are very, uh, I, I trust them a lot. And um, each of them has their own things to do. And so I'm just asking a couple of them for some insight. Uh, thank you, Deborah, and thank you, Kathy. Okay, so we got a, 
uh, I'm calling this meeting the state of uh, the podcast. There's a state of the union. The president does state of the state that governors do. And so uh, with a couple of my assistants, uh, I'm calling it the state of the podcast. These are not things, if we're going to do any changes or I'm going to make any changes, I don't think it's going to be right away. Um, I'm just going to have to find a way to phase things in, phase things out, change things around. And that's not all going to happen in January. But I do want to set up some specific goals for Unfound for 2023. Where do we need to be come December uh, of 2023, come a year from now? Um, Because, you know, truthfully, 2022 was a great year. It was a great year for Unfound. Um, We just recently went over 15,000 subscribers on this channel. Uh, which is amazing to me, given that it's like a secondary, a third, third or fourth level uh, outlet for Unfound to have 15,000 subscribers is there. I certainly wish we had more views for uh, everything we put there. But I also realized that most people take in uh, Unfound is first and foremost an audio program, not a video one. And so I always try to remember that people who are podcast subscribers will uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel here, but still they partake in the episode, the Friday episodes on audio, not on YouTube. So I always try to remind myself of that, but I think that we've found some good ways to use YouTube, even though unfound is a podcast, an audio podcast and really no other place does that. And, uh, but are, are we maximizing it the best? Of course, for 2022, I never could have suspected that I would have this contract with uh, Spotify that it's going very well. And as far as I know, uh, we're going to re-up again in February, uh, which will be very good. I have no reason not to believe that. I've certainly made some money from it. The, the podcast has made some money. They have certainly made some money from it. Um, their payments to me have been made on time. My payments to them have been on time. So there's no reason to think that that's going to change. I've never even heard of them dropping anybody. As I think as long as they're making money off of it, they're, they're going to keep it. So that was something unexpected that happened in 2022. So I can only believe that, uh, good unexpected things are going to happen in 2023. Couldn't have expected to... Uh, hook up with this, um, you know, UK company uh, for the Steve Pankey trial, although I haven't talked to them a couple weeks, but it is the holidays. Um, Could not have expected that to happen, which has been good. I'd like more of that to happen in 2023. The question is, how do you make those things happen? I don't want to just be sitting back waiting for them to happen. How do you go out and make it happen. Not just contact these people and they say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, okay. But actually make it happen. Not just get a response from them, but get into something that starts to move forward. It's difficult. But uh, I just wish I had uh, more time to do that. So that's be one more of those conversations. But I don't want anybody to think that, um, you know, we're making these changes, eventually going to be making some changes in 2023. Uh, because 2022 sucked. It didn't. 
Um, in fact, I would say that since its existence, Unfound has gotten better and better every year. I'd like to think that I've gotten better and better as a host as well. Um, but uh, I, I think that uh, given being somebody just mentioned, like Trace Evidence mentioning Unfound, uh, I know many places ripping off a lot of the work uh, that has been done here. <clears throat> Obviously, people, even though people won't really come out and say it, but I I continue to believe, and even though it's not not the most popular true crime podcast out there, as much as we get ripped off, surely no other podcast out there gets ripped off more than Unfound does. Surely not. So, um... So, I guess that's some form of flattery. So, we should never... Uh, myself, my assistants, all of you, the guests should never look at Unfound and think, oh, it's getting worse or it's not doing well. Uh, the amount of times that Unfound gets mentioned and gets copied and gets, um, you know, copyright infringement and everything else shows that the work we're doing here is, is of a very high level. People would not be copying and ripping it off if they thought it stunk. That's what I try to remain my, remind myself. But still, there's more to be done and in a in a more efficient manner. Uh, and I guess all that'll mean is um, it'll get ripped off even more. So there you go. Um, but I'll let y'all, y'all, I don't know how much I'll be able to say about this meeting that happens on Wednesday. Uh, probably at least a little bit, but surely not all of it. Uh, moving on. Um Given that this is an update episode uh, month, there will be no newsletter. Uh, you can just consider the uh, update episode that will come out this Friday. If there's any uh, news or anything that would go into a newsletter, it'll just be in that episode. And, and that's the way I always do the end of the year. Uh, I think that's three years running now. That at the end of the year, when the update episode happens in December, that that is just considered to be the newsletter uh, as well. Because as you know, sometimes uh, if you are on the newsletter list, if you aren't, email me, unfoundpodcast.gmail.com. You know that sometimes updates on particular disappearances are included in there. Well, that's what the entire episode on Friday is going to be about. Number 13, by the way, lucky number 13. So do not be expecting a newsletter uh, this um, this weekend, just because of that. Uh, what is, uh, Alex says, I don't know if it's your scene, but have you considered attending crime con in Florida for networking purposes? Uh, Alec, uh, I, I know we've talked a lot on messenger. I, 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 um, appreciate all our conversations. Obviously this is a topic that's never come up. You will never see me at crime con because that is an entertainment venue. That. I really, uh, you know, I don't want to get into it again, but it's just not something that I would go to because I, I, I know this is totally sacrilegious. I know it's totally the opposite of um, how just about everybody else who does a podcast or a YouTube channel, even people who I like greatly, like John Lorden. Uh, my attitude is the exact opposite of everybody else's. I think it's... The company that puts it together is an entertainment company 
that puts it together because they can make money on it. It's not about solving disappearances. It's not about solving murders. It's just a bunch of hosts who get together and then hobnob for a few days. Uh, I, as any, as any host that is out there, I'm, I'm one of the ones I think that can be reached the easiest. Uh, many of you have contacted me in the past and you're probably amazed how quickly I get back to you. Uh, and I realize that's, you know, going to crime con and, but you know, uh, I really it's it's kind of a um you know putting the people who do these podcasts and everything up on a pedestal and i'm here to tell you we don't need we don't deserve that um i think too many of the hosts the reason the hosts go there is so they can get you know pats on the back and um once again hobnob with other podcast hosts, meet some listeners and get all the accolades and be told how great they are and everything. And I appreciate all that from all of you. I just never want you to think that I don't take every great word that you've said about Unfound Heart. I take every one of them. I thank you all. But I, it just seems a little shallow to me. Um, you know, if I was a... Uh, let's just say if I was doing something different, a different kind of podcast or something, maybe it would be different. Maybe if I did a podcast or a show about cars or about uh, video games or something like that, where the topic isn't as serious, I'm guessing I would have a different attitude. But as I continue to say that I am not the star of the podcast, the guests are. The missing person is. I am not. I'm just a facilitator. That's all I'm doing. I just, I know, it's the dumb it down. All I'm doing is trying to figure out a way to pass along to all of you the information in the easiest way possible. And I'm just there to ask the questions that all of you would if you had the microphone. That's all I'm doing. And, but then to go over and do all that, that makes it out to be something more that, that I'm doing more than is actually being done. So, uh, you know, I think too many people go there, just want to have pictures with all of these other people on 40 hours. I, I don't care about any of it. I don't, I just don't care. I would rather go have lunch with one of my guests. Like I've done several times. Uh, of course I've gotten together with some listeners like one-on-one and things. That's more my style. Let's get together. Let's have a, you know, one-on-one conversation. Let's talk about some disappearances. Let's talk about you. What do you do in your life? Instead of showing up there and people looking for autographs and all that thing. And I find it all pathetic. That's me. Uh, like four times during the episode and says you're a great researcher. Oh, thank, I appreciate the host of Trace Evans saying that. I, I appreciate it. So uh, thank you for understanding, Alec Fair. At least this is why the guest trust and respect you have integrity. I just, I, I have no problems in, in, in large crowds. I go to rock concerts. I like to go work at Starbucks sometimes. I go to trivia. It's not like I fear the public. And I think, I think anybody who has met me in person, anybody who sees me as a podcast host has met me in person. No, I'm a very engaging guy. 
I'm very laid back. I like to crack jokes. Um, you ask me questions, you're going to get direct answers, but I like to know what you think too. And CronCon just does not offer that kind of uh, opportunity. It just doesn't. TD says, yeah, it's hard to articulate, but the topic makes it awkward to put a sort of trade show thing on and commercialize it, something like that. Yeah. The reason those are put together is not to solve any disappearances or murders. The reason the company puts that together is to make money. And the very second they are not making money doing that anymore, crime con won't exist. Even though the crimes and the disappearances will still happen and they'll still be unsolved, the company that puts that together will just not do it anymore because there's no money in it. Let's just call it what it is. Whereas, as I've told you, pretty much to this point, Unfound for me has been a somewhat of a moving, uh, money-losing proposition. Doesn't bother me that much. I would like to turn that around. And we're working on, certainly 2022 went a long way toward doing that. But, at least you know, I'm doing this even though I lose at least a little bit of money doing it. The people who put on CrimeCon would not do that. They'd go figure out some sort of other convention to do instead of CrimeCon. Just keep that in mind. Moving on. Uh, Like I said, YouTube, uh, 15,000 subscribers. Nobody's more surprised than I am. Uh, When I started the YouTube channel, I don't even know when it was. I'm sure there's uh, a start date somewhere in the account. But... um, I was tracking in it, and you know, and I was looking. You know, we're going to get over fifteen thousand right around New Year's, and actually, we crossed it. That we got over fifteen thousand well before New Year's Day. So, it certainly did seem to pick up here, uh, middle uh, of December. So, I appreciate all of you who are subscribers, and but that's going to be one of the topics uh, that'll be forefront both on Wednesday and going into the new year. You have 15,000 subscribers. How do you then get more views? How do you convert that into more views? I I think it's unreasonable to expect that with 15,000 subscribers that 7,000 people watch a a video. That's probably probably, uh, a little too hopeful. But what about 2,000? What about that? And how do you get there? And, and I realize there are many popular YouTube channels. Some of their videos only get one-tenth. They have a million subscribers. They get 100,000 views. They have 2 million subscribers. They have, get 200,000 views. But can we get better than that one-tenth number, that one-tenth percentage that everybody seems to get? Now, sometimes video go, videos go viral. And sometimes there's like bots that latch on to the link to a particular video and you'll just see the views go through the roof. But I don't really consider those to be real. That's just some weird program that's been created for whatever reason. So I'm more concerned about real people watching videos, not bots uh, just driving the numbers up. I realize that some people don't care about that. And there are, of course, a lot of people who... Uh, benefit from that. Um, 
but yeah, over 15,000 subscribers just within the last few days. Uh, I can remember when we went over 14,000 uh, earlier this year. Uh, seems like yesterday. And then uh, speaking of um, Unfound getting mentioned, uh, somebody let me know. I know Trace Evidence, that's already been talked about tonight. And to the host of Trace Evidence, thank you. But also, there is this podcast out there, Suspect, Vanished in the Snow, Unfound, uh, got mentioned in that podcast, too. And that has everything to do with the murder of Janelle Matthews. Uh, This, I should say, that the host of uh, Suspect, uh, back in 2021, before the first trial of Steve Pankey, did ask me uh, permission to use the interview, and I told her no, and it's not personal. Every Everybody knows that I say no to everybody. Um, that's just, I just rubber stamp it. No, 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 no. I don't care if you pay me. The answer is still no. Uh, so she shouldn't take that personally. I never asked to use anybody else's stuff. So, um, and I don't think I'm ripping anybody off, by the way. Uh, but uh, Unfound did get mentioned. I think that part of the interview, or I, I don't, I shouldn't say that. Maybe some of the interview that I did with Steve is in there. I really don't know. But the uh, the host of it, uh, the podcast, did mention Unfound. Maybe in episode five, somebody told me I've not listened to it. Once again, that's not personal. I just don't have the time. So... Um, but maybe you want to check that out too. Uh, of course, you know everything I've had to say about um, both trials one and two, and I'm going to go over it again for update episode number 13 this Friday. But maybe you need to see somebody else. I mean, this woman certainly has true crime experience. She has done some other true crime things in the past. So maybe you want to hear what she has to say about it too. So you want to check that out. The um, podcast is called suspect but i think it's behind some sort of paywall or something at amazon i think think so you will have to contemplate whether you want to maybe if you're an amazon prime member you get it for free maybe but i i think that it's behind at least a very very small paywall of some type um but still maybe you want to check it out uh, Lisa says, that was me that mentioned suspect on your page. Okay, thank you, Lisa. Also, Lisa, uh, you have a question for me that I will get to before we're done here. In fact, I'm going to answer it just here in a few minutes. And then you also said, just have to be a Prime member. Okay, so if you're a Prime member on Amazon, which a lot of people are, I am, then you get to listen to Suspect Vanished in the Snow for free. Otherwise, I'm not sure how you get to listen to it. Uh, Alex says, I've listened to it. I remember them mentioning you. It's a prime exclusive. Oh, it's a prime exclusive. Well, heck. Okay. Well, um, I, I guess if it's a prime exclusive, I guess that means maybe nobody else, if you're not a prime member, you can't listen to it at all. So maybe that's what it means. Um, that's unfortunate. But I thank the host for uh, mentioning Unfound and the work uh, that I did interviewing Steve Pankey, going to testify twice. And I got to talk about that yesterday with those two lawyers and everything. So there's that. 
Okay, Lisa, I'm going to answer your question, then I'm going to get into some national news, crime news before we're done, and we'll get into that topic uh, that Christina asked me about, about social media, et cetera. Um, Lisa asked me, favorite thing at the China Buffet? I did go to a Chinese food buffet today, although there was all sorts of food there. It's called Fortune Star. It's uh, right here in the Butler area, by, over by the Walmart, about 10 minutes away. Uh, this is the second time that my dad and I ate there. I ate there back in August, or was it late July, uh, when I went to Illinois and then drove over here. We went there, loved it, went there today. It was very busy. Um, my favorite thing, Lisa, is either the sushi and they had these the stuffed shrimp today that was spectacular. Even though I'm eating some things I shouldn't be eating, like garlic and onions because of my FODMAP issues. But uh, the sushi, the stuffed shrimp was spectacular. The ribs were okay. They could have had some more flavoring to them. Um, and then the cookies I had for dessert were just I mean, just they just look like, you know, regular cookies, but dang, just like regular chocolate chip cookies or something, but they were spectacular. And then I also had, um, I had some chicken on a stick, which is, uh, I love, I've, I've, I ate a lot of chicken in 2022, chicken wings, chicken breasts that I cooked. And so I, I'm a very easy guy to please when it comes to those things. Stayed away. I, usually I'm a chicken and broccoli guy. Uh, did not do that this time. Um, my dad did and loved it. Um, but I think I went back three times. I was really feeling fat. And in fact, to be honest with you, I'm still feeling fat as I sit here doing this show tonight. And we ate, what, uh, six hours ago. So, you know. But that would probably be my favorite thing. I, I can't say everything that I had there today was excellent, but they have so many choices. I mean, you must have a hundred different choices. There. It's crazy. Even when it comes to dessert, they have like different kinds of sherbet and ice cream, and pie and cookies and pudding and fruit. Though I had a, a bit of pineapple. I love pineapple, although I can't really eat most fruits anymore for a variety of reasons. But I do love some good pineapple. Oh, that was good. So maybe, Lisa, that helps you out. I, I have to say, I'm not really that picky of an eater. There's just certain things that I just can't eat anymore. Due to either lactose issues or food allergy issues or FODMAP issues. You can look that up. It's like a little bit of a minefield that I have to walk. Uh, that buffet sounds so good. It is good. Oh, I need the sushi, Lisa. I always say they're not making a dime off of me. Yeah. You wonder how they make any money at all, Lisa. I don't know. I, I don't know the, the, um, the, uh, economy of, uh, making a restaurant work. I know that it's very difficult. A lot of restaurants go out of business and there's very small profit margins and everything, but I mean, there was a ton of people in there, but if they're making money off of every person that goes in there, they're, they're making money. It's just hard to imagine the amount of food and everything that they put out that they're making money. But it, that place has been there for a while. So 
maybe the owner of it uses that as a tax write-off or something. Maybe the person who owns it is some like multi-multi-billionaire or something and uses that. Just, I, don't, I don't know. I really don't know. But I'll just take for granted they're making money. Okay, let's move on to this. Now, this is where that topic uh, that um, I want to get into, and this does have to do with the Moscow murders that are still unsolved. And I'm guessing um, maybe at least a few of you uh, read this uh, news. The news was everywhere. I just picked out one article to read. What's everybody saying here? Mark and Indy, I share your pain. It tastes good, and I really, really like it. I can't eat it. Yeah, I know, Mark. Yeah, and some of it, Mark, is just so unpredictable. It's just, it's just hard to say. You, you, you think, well, I ate it, you know, a couple weeks ago, and it didn't bother me. But then a week ago, I ate it, it did bother me. And now, you know, what do I do? It just can be something like that. My family then went a lot, quite a while. Yeah, okay, very, very. Yeah, it's a great place. I'm going to read this. This uh, has to do with the Moscow murders. A history professor at the University of Idaho is suing a cyber sleuth for defamation after the would-be detective accused her of involvement of involvement in the campus slangs last month. TikTok personality Ash, Ashley Gallard, never heard of her, accused Rebecca Schofield, an associate professor and the chair of the history department, of perpetrating the murders of four students at the University of Moscow, Idaho. The lawsuit filed Wednesday points to numerous videos posted to the platform that attempt, attempted to tie the teacher to the killings. The statements made about Professor Schofield are false, plain, and simple, Schofield's attorney said. What's even worse is that these untrue statements create safety issues for the professor and her families. Now you see how this goes back to that question I answered at least partially uh, earlier in this live show from Christina. They also further compound the trauma that the families of the victims are experiencing and undermine law enforcement's efforts to find the people responsible in order to provide answers to the families and the public. Professor Schofield twice sent cease and desist letters to Ms. Gillard, but Ms. Gillard has continued to make false statements knowing they are false. Thus, the lawsuit became necessary to protect Professor Schofield's safety and her reputation. Gillard posted a video Friday, so just a few days ago or maybe a week ago, in some days, responding to the lawsuit saying, I'm not stopping and questioning why Schofield needed three lawyers to sue her if she's so innocent. Kaylee Gon, Gon, I can't pronounce her last name, Kaylee Goncalves, Madison Mogan, Exana Kernodal, and Ethan Chapin were stabbed to death inside a three-story home between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. on November 13th. The lawsuit alleges that Gillard started posting on November 24th and directly blamed Schofield, stating that the professor had been involved in a relationship with one of the murdered students, KG Kaylee. On or about November 28th, 2022, Gillard posted six TikTok videos to her account in which she falsely stated that Professor Schofield, the chair of the history department, was responsible for the four students' deaths. Two of the TikToks directly and falsely state that the professor Schofield ordered the execution of the four students. Three of the TikToks either falsely implied or directly stated that Professor Schofield had been involved in a relationship with one of the murdered students, Kaylee. Schofield started working at the university in 2016, took the position of department chair in 2021. In a lawsuit, it states that Schofield was important in visiting friends at the time of the killings, had never taught or met any of the victims. 
Moscow police have yet to name a suspect and have to dedicate time to help controlling the rampant rumors and theories that have circulated due to the murders. The police have been have even included a section in regular press releases called rumor control, aiming at quashing rumors about the victims, murders or possible perpetrators that spread online. Officials have warned that law enforcement officers have been monitoring rumors on social media noted in a December 9th press release that anyone engaging in threats or harassment, whether in person, online or otherwise, need to understand that they could be subjecting themselves to criminal charges. Now, first of all, we have to understand that. As I've um, talked about before, maybe not recently, and even um, maybe some of you even remember a little over three years ago, I actually went to talk to a lawyer about this specific topic, def- defamation, what you can say, what you can't say, what the de- guests can say, what they can't say, and everything else. And of course, the the perfect defense to any claim of defamation is the truth. Facts. Even so, defamation cases are very difficult to win for somebody who's bringing one. It's very hard to, because you can't just say, well, the person hurt my feelings. Obviously, this professor's feelings have certainly been hurt. But that is not enough. You have to be able to prove that that because this person did this, that you lost money, you lost your job, your wife left you or things like that. And that if none of that happened, then you're going to have a hard time winning your case. Still, I find what this TikTok person has done to be disgusting. Now, I... I don't know who this person is. Does this person live in, in Idaho? Does this person live in Florida? This person from Canada? I don't, I, I would be interested to know what this TikTok person was doing before uh, these murders ever happened. Was this person involved in true crime stuff at all? I don't, I don't know. But what I think about this as a whole, and maybe this is kind of going back and just to remind you all of Christina's question from like an hour ago, I'll read it again. What changes should take place in true crime genre to ensure that victims' families are respected, that individuals are not falsely accused like the professor, or investigations hindered by those who become overzealous or have the wrong motives? Um... You know, there's no right to being on TikTok. There's no right to being on Twitter. There's no right to being on Facebook or anything else. And I know some of you have been in Facebook jail and everything else. I've never been in Facebook jail. I was in Twitter jail, but not because of Twitter. That was my fault. Uh, And it wasn't even anything that I wrote. I mistakenly put, I answered, there was something in the profile that I had to fill out and I typed it wrong, and that was enough to have Unfound's Twitter account go away. That was some years ago now. But I just automatically triggered something. Um, But you don't have a right to be on any of those. Even though it does seem that the rules and laws and everything that they do are somewhat arbitrary. How can it be that this uh, person can make all these comments about this professor 
and still have the account, but then somebody else, uh, you know, maybe can say things uh, about a, a politician or something and get banned in moments. It's hard to understand. I, I agree with you. There doesn't seem to be a lot of consistency there. But I do think that in situations like this, these, uh, this person should have been banned immediately. Now, I know all these people, I don't know how they keep track of all these videos. I don't even know. And uh, because I'm sure there are people on TikTok and Instagram trying to post porn and everything else just to see what they can get away with. I have no idea how they, they keep track of all of it. But certainly you would think that this is the type of person that should just get banned. But instead, the person got to post like six um, videos, and I don't even know what the status of the account is right now. It seems like this person is defiant. This kind of goes back to uh, something that I've talked about before. That, and I know I sound like a, a, a... you know, given that I'm in social media, the reason that Unfound is as popular as it is is because of social media, because of Twitter, because of Facebook, because of YouTube and all these things. Certainly, if Unfound didn't have any of those things, might still have a following, but it certainly wouldn't be as big as it is. But what is going on with social media, it's obvious now, is... I I compare it to like when digital cameras came out when I was a filmmaker that um, the big thing at the time was, well, people won't need to go through Hollywood anymore. They'll be able to make their, their, all these people who can't get their, their films made. They'll just be able to make them at home and use home software uh, on their computers at home and everything else. And everybody thought that was so damn great. Um, no, all it did was just make more bad movies. That's all that happened. That's all that happened. That was like 20 years ago. I was right there with the Canon X-01. I was a filmmaker doing those things. And it really did not democratize filmmaking at all. I guess it did, but it doesn't, didn't make it any more likely that anybody's film was going to be seen anywhere at any time. And it, it's a good thing because they all stunk. So this is how I feel like about social media much of the time. That certainly people then have, have an audience and they can be reporters and everything else. But I would not say that reporting has gotten better because of social media. In fact, I, it, I think it's gotten worse. I think that it's gotten uh, more and more difficult for just the average person to determine what is real and what is not. You know, the big thing over the last couple of months on Facebook is, you know, announcing that all these people are dead when they're not. Alan Jackson and Bruce Willis and realize these people are having some health problems, but they're still alive. But it is amazing how many people post this stuff without even thinking twice about it. They're just hitting read, you know, share, 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 share. Oh my God, he's done share. They don't even bother to go to look and see if the thing makes any sense or not. That's not good for democracy. So I'm not that big of a fan when it comes to 
this idea of democratizing reporting on true crime or anything else. And in fact, I would like to think that the way I do Unfound is more the way that established reporting or news companies that really do have to worry about being sued for defamation or anything go about their business. No sensationalism, no fraud, no uh, shady allegations or anything else. And even when in part two of the Colonial Parkway disappearances, even though I came to a conclusion that I think the facts show my understanding of disappearances that somebody who knew Sandra and Keith killed them, I showed you the step-by-step way I came to that conclusion. I didn't just do play the interviews and then suddenly say, oh yeah, I think that uh, a really close friend of theirs who knew them really well killed them and just left it at that. I showed you how I got to that point. Could be wrong. But social media, TikTok, and the rest of it has not made reporting on true crime any better. It's gotten worse. Uh, I think also that the story like uh, the murders in Moscow, it, it becomes what I've called what I call a cottage industry. It's kind of a term that goes way, way, way back. But people know that it's popular. They want to have a popular TikTok channel. They want to have a po- popular podcast. They can't do it through the good old-fashioned way of um, starting from scratch and doing their own work and trying to find people to talk to and everything else. No, what do they do? They just come out with the most outrageous allegations just to get eyeballs and ears. This is what it sounds like is going on here. And this person... You know, I don't, once again, I don't know who this person is, but they're probably thinking, okay, I'm going to get sued. Probably not going to lose, but dang it, my name is going to be in the news and I'm going to get a reality show out of it. Or something. And it's all terrible. It's all terrible. And this is uh, going back to why I don't go to CrimeCon. This is one of the other reasons I don't go to CrimeCon because people like that are accepted at CrimeCon. That's why I don't, that's one more reason I don't go. Uh, as I, not to brag, but despite all these other popular podcasts and everything else, I'm still the only true crime podcast host who's ever been a witness in a murder trial. Still the only one. So, um, the problem is that you don't hear many other, at least you know, and I, like I said, I don't listen to their podcasts, but when something like this kind of pops up, I do kind of go out there and see what other people are saying about it. The problem is you don't have enough good, you know, many good true crime podcast hosts who are coming out and saying the same thing. And I, I kind of, this has been a topic that's on my mind. It's not enough to just do good moral ethical, legal work on your own podcast. That's important. But on top of that, you have, we, we as true crime people in the true crime community, we have to police ourselves. 
If we do not police ourselves, then eventually somebody else is going to police us, and it's going to be a lot worse. And there's just not enough self-policing. You know, how many, how many other podcast hosts, and I know that some of you follow a lot of different shows out there, fantastic for you. How many others are going to come out and call out this person on TikTok and say that person should just go away and find something else to do with their life? How many? Or are they just going to let it be? If we want to be respected as true crime reporters, then we have to call out those people who are doing crappy, crappy, crappy jobs because it's, it's not good for the rest of us. It makes us all look horrible, no matter the kind of work that we're doing. Now, having said all that, what, like I said, I'm inclined to believe this person uh, just wants the attention. Maybe the person has some sort of mental issue. Maybe this person has something personal against this professor. Might be interesting to find out this find out that this person actually go to the University of Idaho. I don't know, but we have to remember there are a lot of professors at the University of Idaho. Why did this host or this pod TikToker pick out this professor in particular? I don't know. Maybe somebody knows. There has to be a reason. Maybe this is something, I don't know, just something somebody posted on the dark web or something, and then this person picked up on it. It almost sounds personal to me. If it's just not for a publicity stunt or something, it does certainly sound very, very personal. Um, And this is another one of those problems that we have with social media, with all of it, that there are just too many people who don't have all their faculties, whether because of drugs or genetics or a brain injury or something. It's anybody can go up to a computer and write anything. And uh, it doesn't seem to me like uh, these social media companies are, you know, feel like they're responsible for any of it. So um, it's just bad. Uh, And if this person does get in trouble, this person does get taken to court and is found guilty of defaming this professor and everything else, I have no pity on this TikToker at all. That's exactly what should happen. I don't know if there's much of a case there, given all the hurdles that have to be jumped. But... um, This is there's something else that comes to mind, and this goes back to one of my favorite movies, Network, from 1976. I just spoke about Network within the last couple months. Uh, one of the main characters, Howard Bill, he, he's having a nervous breakdown. And he goes on TV and he says he's going to commit suicide, and the the TV station wants him to do it because it's going to help their ratings. You have to see the movie. But all of you have to understand something. Not just about true crime, but in any sort of reporting. And this is something that Howard Beale says in the movie. Way back in 1976, before the 24-7 news cycle, before social media, before the internet, before everything else that we now accept as being media. In 1976, he said this in the movie. 
they'll tell you any, and he uses the S word, they'll tell you any crap you want to hear. And so I, I urge all of you to remember that. That there are too many hosts out there of true crime and everything else. They'll tell you anything you want to hear because they know you want to hear it. And because of that, you will then tune in again. They'll say any people say anything just to have you come back. They will do that. They will stroke your egos, play into your pride, play into your vanity and everything else. They'll say any crap you want to hear. And I just hope you're self-aware of enough to know that when that is happening. Just keep that in mind. All right, I'm going to get off my soapbox uh, for a little bit. Uh, Alex says, gone is Gonsalves. Gonsalves, thank you. Um, how did it ever get to the psychic focusing on one person? They usually keep it very generic and say it's for inter- entertainment, entertainment purposes only, Mark. She lives in Texas, and they also say she has never been to Idaho. Uh, Quitter jail. Uh, Orky says, I literally live in Facebook jail. I've been at the bottom of the feed. For months, for saying Americans have become lazy. Uh-huh. Deborah, I'm in Facebook jail now. Wow, all these people. I go at least every other month. I've never been in Facebook jail, and I don't know. Deborah says, I'll say I love animals more than most people. That's my clue. Uh, Orky says, Deborah, what did I do to go to jail? What did I do in real life? That's what I say. Deborah, Meta needs to get their priorities in order to do something about the sick trolls, the poster crap, or someone else's page. I believe the podcaster came to these conclusions from tarot cards. And that was funny because uh, one of my best friends from Las Vegas, who I just spoke to recently, uh, she's one of my dearest, 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 closest friends. And she is absolute. Uh, she is a um, numerologist or something like that to some very famous people. She can't tell me who they are, but she would never lie to me. She is not a BSer by any means. So it's funny. I don't believe in any of that stuff, but she was one of my closest friends. And here she is. Um, famous people coming to her for career advice, business advice, just because uh, she's into all of these otherworldly things. True story. It's true. I love her to death. Love her to death. But when it comes to that particular topic, opposite sides of the spectrum. Uh, okay, I'm political, but I've been in jail for just telling someone that their post with nasty comments about our military was not necessarily. Uh, don't blame you. I think Facebook baits us. Don't be baited. So um, just remember that. Uh, a lot of podcast hosts, true crime podcast hosts, they will say anything to get a rise out of you. They'll say anything to get you coming back. That's why so much sensationalism and rumorizing and conjecturing and everything else is in true crime. It lends itself to that because so much of it is unknown. And they're more than happy to feed into all of it. They're more helping to spin into the curve, keep the slide going. Just please be aware of that. Uh, so, uh, let's move on to something a little happier, uh, a happy ending. 
I want to read this to you. A missing infant was found alive in Indianapolis on Thursday, hours after the arrest of a woman accused of stealing a car with a boy and his twin brother in it in Ohio, authorities said. The five-month-old uh, five boy, Kason Thomas, was discovered Thursday near a Papa John's restaurant in Indianapolis, the Columbus Division of Police said in a statement Thursday night. Nala Jackson, 24, was arrested earlier Thursday on an Indianapolis street, Columbus Police Chief Elaine Bryant told reporters. Kason was in the 2010 Honda Accord that Jackson allegedly stole outside a pizzeria in Columbus's Short North Arts District on Monday night at 9.45 p.m. The boy was in good health and being taken to a hospital for examination. The FBI had offered $10,000 reward for the boy's safe return. Jackson, who was charged with two counts of kidnapping, was arrested after people who had heard about the missing children spotted her in Indianapolis. Her connection to the city wasn't immediately clear. Bryant previously described her as homeless and from Columbus. So this was a... Uh, Jasmine, yes, you posted this, and I had also seen this um, news article as well. Um, thankfully, my perception is this is how these things usually go. Uh, it's very rare that I see a story where um, a car gets stolen or a car gets carjacked or something, and there's a child in there, a very young child, and then the child it turns up dead. That is very rare, thankfully. Um, I think what we can learn about this is that these people are all about the cars. They're not stealing the car because they want to kill the child or anything. They're stealing the car for whatever uh, stupid reason. They need a ride. They're hopped up in drugs. They're trying to get away from the cops. And these children just happen to be in the back seat. And I think uh, even though these people are horrible too, I mean, carjacking, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, even though I joke about my car getting stolen, I don't necessarily want it to be stolen. But certainly stealing a car is a lot better than harming a child. And I'm glad that most of the time it doesn't come to that. That maybe the car is finally pulled over or it's abandoned and the child is found inside or, or whatever. And this is usually how these things go, that the children are found alive. Unfortunately, once in a while, not so much. But I think the reason that these children so often are found alive, because once again, they're, uh, the car's not being stolen because the child in it is in there, but also because these children uh, can't be witnesses. They're never going to be able to describe the person who stole the car. And they're never, you know, a couple months from now, they're never even going to remember it happened because of the way uh, brains mature and age, especially at five months old, one year old, two year old. Now, the child is eight years old, nine years old. Then we get into that area where certainly they're going to remember things. But um, it's just a couple reasons, I think, that so many children, even under violent circumstances where, say, their mother is trying to get in the car and the Carjacker comes up, throws the woman to the ground, maybe even maybe shoots her, or at least harms her in some way, breaks an arm or something. That even then, the car gets taken, but still the children inside aren't harmed. And I just want to say to all those people who are going to steal cars or carjack people, first of all, don't do that. 
But second of all, if you're going to do that, thank you for not harming the children inside. Would really appreciate that. So that is a good story. Uh, very scary. I just, I just cannot uh, imagine. I just cannot imagine being a parent in that situation. Deborah says, "Dark web. Uh, what is the dark web?" Uh, Deborah, the dark web. Yeah, it's just a place you shouldn't go on the. Uh, it's um maybe somebody who is better uh, explaining this, the technical terms. But trust me, Deborah, you don't want to go to the dark web. <laughs> a lot of things uh, going on there. Um that uh, this is where a lot of, um, you know, rumors of uh, kidnapped women being auctioned off and stuff like that. That's where a lot of that comes from. And it actually um, is a place that it exists, but everything that goes on there is, it's not as simple as just typing in www.darkweb.com. Let's put it that way. I've never been there. I don't want to go there. I've uh, heard uh, just enough scary stuff about it. This is, um, it's just a, a network just like the regular internet, Deborah, where a lot of illegal dealings and things going regarding drugs, uh, child pornography, and, and everything else. And so that's why I stay away from it. Uh, very sorry I worked for CPS, but I hope mom got in trouble for leaving your two babies in the unlocked car while they were working, delivering food, three things wrong. The mom did. Yeah. Called. Didn't she have a relationship with one of the girls? I really, uh, fairy things against the law. Called a bunny. The professor did. I mean, well, that's what the TikToker alleges. I don't know if it makes a true cult though. Um, you know, if this TikToker thinks somebody said she's from Texas, she's never been to Idaho. So how would she even know if this professor had a relationship with one of those murdered girls or not? I don't know. I guess it's possible. It's just not something that really uh, jumps out to me right away of how she could know that firsthand. So I don't, I don't know, cult of... Um, it's in the article. She alleged that they were in a relationship and... You know, I, I'm just not going to continue to talk about this, which, you know, what she alleged. But um, that's what she alleged. I don't know if there's any proof of that. I don't know how she would even know that, even if it were true. Uh, we know that, yes, do college professors have sometimes have relationships with their students? Yes. Are sometimes those relationships... Um, Lesbian relationships, yes. Are they sometimes gay relationships? Yes. Are they sometimes threesomes, foursomes, fivesomes, and tensomes and twentysomes? I suppose. Uh, but I just don't know how this particular TikToker would even know that. So, and I guess that she never explained how she knew that either. So moving on, uh, being that we do true crime on unfound disappearances, we call that true crime, although maybe sometimes crimes weren't committed at all. I thought you'd want to know about the top five American cities for crime. What are they? Where are the five most dangerous cities 
that got put on this list. Um, first, I'll just read a little bit. Uh, one of the on the one of the cities on Ferry says, but how would she know that I agree? Ed, yeah, can we vote? Yeah. Um, one of the cities mentioned in this article is Anchorage. I'm not surprised by this. Uh, every time uh, we've covered. Uh, we've covered a couple disappearances from Anchorage now, or at least the area. It does come up that this is, even though it's up there in Alaska and it's cold most of the time, uh, a lot of uh, crime happens there, mainly because uh, Alaska has so many more men than women. That doesn't help. And there's a lot of cold nights, a lot of time on your hands, and idle hands are the devil's workshop. But it, it, the city is, I'm just reading, the city is steeped in crime problems, continuously ranking among the top 10 most violent cities in the United States. Um, talk about sexual assaults, robbery. Um, they have a huge opioid uh, uh, crisis where overdose, overdose deaths have been surging since 2018. Next, uh city with a huge crime problem on this list anyway. And Jill, I know you're there now. Albuquerque, New Mexico. In 2020, uh, Albuquerque set a new record with 117 homicide victims for that year. Um, Albuquerque's previous record that last year was 117 homicides per year end, but at least three of those have been since ruled self-defense shootings or otherwise. Before that, 2019 marked the ceiling for homicides at 81. So they went up, what is it, 30? Homicides went up over 40% in one year in Albuquerque from 2019 to 2020. Between 2014 and 2020, the city's homicide rate spiked by 167%. So that's one. Another, maybe a city you would not expect, Nashville, Tennessee. America's famed music city, whose 40-member Metropolitan City Council was third largest in the United States, had 8,583 reported violent crimes in 2021, an increase of 4% over 2020. Much of the increase can be attributed to rape and aggravated assaults. The tourist-popular Broadway area of downtown Nashville especially has been a hub of rising assaults, harassment, and aggressive panhandling in recent years, which prompted the city last spring to announce that it was working on a plan to tackle issues surrounding homelessness. So that is another one mentioned in this article. And, you you know, you really wouldn't think of uh, Nashville or even the state of Tennessee. Um, But here it says Tennessee ranked near the top of the list for violent crime last year, so 2021, surpassed only by nearby Alabama, Arkansas, and Louisiana. What is going on? Tennessee had a violent crime rate of about 675 per 100,000 people, far higher than the national rate of 396 per 100,000 people. Wow. Maybe another uh, state you would, or city and state you would not suspect, Asheville, North Carolina. Violent crime rose 31% per 100,000 people from 2016 to 2020 in the city, nearly double the uh, national average and 18 points higher 
than North Carolina's 13% statewide increase during the same period. The Asheville Police Department in September that showed uh, in September that showed trends such trends have continued, increasing 34% year to date compared to last year and 29% over 2020. Uh, unfortunately, uh, APD, uh, Asheville Police Department, and the Buncombe County Sheriff's Department have meanwhile been hemorrhaging officers. That doesn't help. And he noted that the officer departures accelerated in the wake of tense tear gas choke demonstrations downtown after George Floyd's death in 2020. Zach pinpointed family pressures, a perceived lack of community support, and low pay in the expensive city as major factors pushing police to throw in the towel. And then the last uh, city on this list is no, I shouldn't be any surprise to anybody, New Orleans or New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, it surpassed early last year. It surpassed St. Louis as the murder capital of the United States. According to a report released in September by the crime tracking organization, Metropolitan Crime Commission, homicides in the Big East were up 44% year to date compared to with 2021, 44% tying with armed robbery for largest increase since last year, 2022 marked the city's bloodiest year since Hurricane Katrina ravaged it in 2005. Homicides in New Orleans are up 141% when when compared to 2019 and up 78% when compared to 2021. So those right now, uh, of course, it depends on how you want to look at all that. Um, But, um, you know, there's different ways, I guess, you can look at rates and all of that. But in this particular article, it was Anchorage, Alaska, Nashville, Albuquerque, Nashville and Asheville, they rhyme, that's funny, Asheville, North Carolina, and New Orleans, Louisiana, like I said, though, that one to me is no surprise. I don't think Anchorage is any surprise either. The other three... Uh, catch my attention, but surely New Orleans and Anchorage, they're always up there, always, for different reasons. Um, they still can be monitored, right? Pillow Talk, Cali, Florida. Um, Deborah says I'm moving. Uh, Deborah, I, I have to admit, I don't know where you live. So obviously uh, you live in one of these cities or near one of these cities, Deborah. Sorry to hear that. Uh, I you know I can't I can't even tell you what Tampa's murder rate is or crime rate. I really it's surely out there. I could find that in probably in two minutes, but I really don't even know what that uh, Tampa's crime rate is. Maybe it's worse than I I think. I really don't know. Um, Pinellas County, although technically I don't live in Tampa, I'm over in Pinellas County. I think it's probably pretty much an average county. We have murders and I just all the regular things, but it never strikes me as being a dangerous county. Although maybe my um, <laughs> my point of view is skewed, being that I live at the beach and I don't think any crime. Uh, maybe some speedings and some things, uh you know, happen out there at the beach, but it's really, 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 really quiet. Almost, for my taste, a little too quiet. 
So maybe my perception is a little skewed. All right, let's move on uh, to this Friday. Let's just see um, if I got everything here. Uh, Deborah once again says, I'm moving. Yeah, maybe we'll have to do that, Deborah, if you think that's going to be better for you. Uh, this Friday, update episode number 13. Lucky number 13. Who would have thought we would get to update episode number 13? And if you don't know, um, it was really my assistant, Cherie, who was the who was the one who came up with the idea in the first place. And um, it was because I was supposed to do an interview. The interview fell through. Trying to figure out what I was going to do for that Friday. And Cherie says, why don't you do an update? And that's just how they got. So why don't you do that? You know, things are going on with some of these disappearances you've already covered. Why don't you do an update episode? And I was like, yeah, I could do that. And then it became a thing. And now it's regularly scheduled. Uh, end of April, end of August, end of, the, uh, end of December. So we're now on update episode number 13. I've not started recording it yet. However, all the script and I know what disappearances I'll be talking about. Um, and more that maybe, I don't know, maybe more than I thought. It's, it's hard to say. Uh, as I stated maybe last week or maybe the last few weeks, uh, my perception is that 2022 is kind of a slow year in the finding of um, missing people for any of the disappearances that Unfound has covered. It seemed like a slow year. Um, compare, I, I, like, you know, my, once again, looking backwards, it seemed like Zoe Campos, Esther Westenbarger, Crystal Morrison, Andrea Bomain, all those, it seemed like they all happened so close together. Uh, it's probably a distortion in my mind. But it seemed like they all happened at the same time. But then in 2022, it's been pretty slow. That doesn't mean there aren't updates. But that particular point about finding people, whether alive or deceased, just been a little slow this year. Maybe it'll bounce back in 2023. We certainly hope so. Call does true. I've kind of dropped off from following the case. <coughs> some, some behind, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't get any easier for me either, Colt, because we're up to 276 disappearances. When we only had 100, it was a lot easier to keep track of them and know what was going on. Now that we're up to this number, it takes a little work uh, to go back through them and figure out uh, if anything new is going on. And that includes the unfound nows, by the way, too, which we have two and a half years of them, a monthly series of that, too. So that's this Friday. And then we'll, I think, we'll get back to the regular uh, format uh, next Friday, although I don't know what disappearance that's going to be. It's going to be something I'll have to be working on for the rest of the week. All right. Well, that is it. That is the end of the live show for December 26, 2022. Once again, I hope everybody had a great Christmas. I hope you all have a great New Year's this coming weekend. Um... Don't drink and drive. Don't get in a car with somebody who's been drinking. Make arrangements that way. Maybe you just want to stay at home. Nothing wrong with that. And I really 
don't have any firm plans, but I'm certainly going to go to the New Year's Eve party in my building. That's the only plans I have. Who knows where I'll go from there? Maybe I'll be invited. Somebody will get to know saying, you know, do we want to come over to their condo for a party or something? I don't know. We'll just have to see. I'm flexible. But that's all I got. And thank you so much. Please give this video a thumbs up. Please consider joining like we have a couple new members to the channel tonight. I'm so excited about that. Thank you for the super chat contributions. You're very generous. And you will hear me on Friday. I'll be the only person you hear on Friday because there are no guests for update episodes. Good night, everyone. Charles, I hope you had a great Christmas. I'll say hi to your mother tomorrow for you. Good night.